Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat. With the season now over, many people are on their holidays, so we dragged freelance sports writer and Argyle youth expert Mike Sampson from the beach to discuss the youth scene at Home Park. Our fan and sports writer Jack Ball. Hi Jack. Yeah, I'm not lucky enough to be anywhere near a beach, so... No, not yet. Our holidays are to come, aren't they? <laughs> uh, Sambo, great to have you in to uh, discuss Argyle and especially the, uh, the youth scene, scene. But speaking about the first team, first of all, it's been a fantastic season for Argyle. What's, what's been your take on it? Well, I couldn't have asked much better because when at the beginning of the season, uh, most people were talking about the fact that when the team gets to the playoffs and get badly beaten, which they were by Wimbledon, um, that they not go downhill next season. But the manager, to his credit, got rid of all bar about three and brought fourteen new players in, and he's made it into a fantastic season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the football's not always been the best, but the results have. And um, to be honest, I went away to. Grimsby on the last game of the season was working up there and uh, the fans up there were absolutely fantastic and they, they, they summed up the season, they summarised the season they did, they, the way they stayed on afterwards even though we haven't won the championship and yeah it was a good season Yeah of course with the cup run as well and, and playing Liverpool it's uh, We should have beat Liverpool Yeah, <laughs> We'd never have a better chance of beating a Premiership side than that, that replay Yeah, yeah But uh, say the beat that's what it would be yeah, indeed, it was, yeah well it was all about promotion wasn't it really yeah. so uh, and that was yeah. the objective achievement really. it's been too long in that division yeah well I mean let's let's get on to the to the youth scene then um, that is perhaps one criticism of Argyle we've had a, quite a few questions actually where fans are asking about the youth structure at Argyle and, and questioning whether the youngsters are being given a fair chance at first team level now you rightly said there that Derek Adams did make a lot of changes back in the summer and there wasn't really any of the youngsters that came through and, and challenged for a first-team place, was that? No, if you if you look at Argyle's record in the past, the the youngsters have come through when they've been struggling. Administration and poor results when they were battling to stay in the league. The youngsters were given a chance. Derek Adams is coming in. Derek is the sort of guy, I think eventually he will, once he gets the youth system the way he wants it, and I think that's coming. Mm. Um, I think he will use the youth more, but... At the moment, he's, he's relying on tried and trusted signings. And it's worked, and um, people won't say to him, change it, while it's working. No. But that's not, not good for the youngsters. I, I don't think the problem is the academy, they're producing them. The, the problem is, like it is with a lot of football clubs at that level, between 18 and 21, they don't move on. They don't get enough football. There's no reserve team. So they're not getting the football of the standard they should be getting to move on to the next level. And that's the problem. But they go away somewhere else. Ryan Leonard, people like that. You know, Ryan Leonard, three times player of the year at Southend, allowed to leave after the end of his apprenticeship. Mm. 
you know. Is, is that a geographical problem? Because obviously, you know, clubs down here are very much out on a limb, and you don't have like a, you know, FA Premier League, Youth League, or anything like that that, that caters for West Country football clubs. Well, when we were in the combination, and we used to get all the big reserve teams down here, it was great. But they didn't want to come down here. You've hit the narrow word on the head. They, they didn't want to travel. <coughs> Excuse me, they didn't want to travel. And they still don't. And it leaves our youngsters out on, on a limb, you know, uh, because even in this day and age where travel's easier, teams still don't want to travel. You know, I, I hear teams in the Midlands moaning about having to go up north. Well, they want to come down here and try. The travelling is terrible. But it's part and parcel of life. Yeah, Jack, you, you, you've followed Argo for a fair few years. So there are a few youngsters that perhaps have come through and had your game at first team level, but you'd like to see them give a more of a first team chance. Early in the season, I remember you sort of advocating Lewis Rooney being given more of an opportunity for the first team. As Sambo said before, it's when a team's struggling, that's when you want to see your youngsters come in. And under John Sheridan and Argo Worcester, they weren't given that chance. They won. you know, players were coming in not scoring goals. And I think when you're a striker, a youth striker, you see that. Uh, John Sheridan at the time picking a player that's not scoring the goals and then you're still not getting a chance I think that can be quite disillusional I think this year I've been playing well so it's hard, much harder this year under Derek Adams and last year for youth team, youth, youth team players to come through you see the likes of Tyler Harvey you know he moved on and went to Wrexham and it didn't work out for him Lewis really went to Hartlepool hasn't worked out for him and you've got a question maybe they're just as Sam said not having enough football to really craft their skills it's, it's one thing to play in the South West Peninsula League it's a, it's a whole other step to play at this level the one thing that surprised me over the last few years is we've not, I don't think we've used Torquay very much. I, I mean, I know we can't dictate which players are sent to them, but I've always thought Tyler Harvey, before he left, and Lewis Rooney, could be an excellent fit for Torquay. Mm. We've been struggling. and I don't see why it would have to cost Torquay much money, because surely it would be beneficial for Argyle to send players out to them as well. It, especially when you have that relationship that Argyle had with Torquay, where they were training up at um, New Nabba, mm. weren't they? Using their training. It's a good level. Yeah. yeah. If I have a complaint, the complaint, and you've hit the nail on the head there again, is the fact that Argo do not send their youngsters out on long enough. Yeah. And Torquay would have been a good... Torquay would have loved to have had Lewis Rooney in their situation. Because Argo paid the wages and Torquay couldn't afford the wages, but they'd have a striker. And why not let them go there? You know, the National League is a good standard. It's a hard league to get out of. It's a hard league to play football in. And it would make men of them. They'd, they'd go from being boys playing football to men playing football. Is that is that why Argyle have taken the move then to put a reserve team in the South West Peninsula League? Because as you say, they're playing men's football and obviously in the South Western League you're yeah. playing men's football. Yeah, they are. Although it's a far lesser standard, of course, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to demean them the South Western League, Peninsula League, because it's it's what it is. It's at level six. There's some good teams in there, good football. There's a lot of old pros in there, mm. which is good for them to come up against men. But it's after they come out of their apprenticeship. They don't need the peninsula. They need to be playing a standard of eight, 19 to 21 leagues, like the Premiership and some of the Championship clubs are in. You need that higher standard and players of their own ability to play against and learn and continue to learn. Like a lot of us, we come out from school, we go to college, we go to university, we're doing step by step by step. Not in football. It seems to come out and go on one plane. Yeah, just just playing devil's advocate then. <clears throat> is Derek Adams perhaps looking at these players and saying, I'm not giving you an opportunity because simply you're not good enough? I don't think he wanted to take the chance. He wanted to get a hard word in this league. And he, he went for tried and trusted players. 
Um, they had a chance at times when 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 needs must when they had a lot of injuries. You know, um, Fletcher came in, and um, Fletcher, if given a chance, has got all the skills going. Nearly thirty goals in the Peninsula and the Youth Alliance last year. The boy will score goals, and he's very skillful. Jordan Bentley is another one that was given a chance, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he's come to a plane now because he hasn't gone forward in the standard of football he's playing and of course the, the problem that these kids have got now as well with our goal winning promotion of course their standard is, is stepped up a level so our, you know the, the youngsters have got to step up to we've we had this once before when Arva went up to the championship the youth policy had to try and keep pace with the yeah. levels that Arva were going up to and it's very hard because you can only get so many youngsters because the Premiership now, because they're sponsoring the academies, they're taking all the best youngsters and getting them very cheap when good ones come up. Mm. And also, they've got a fit Derek Adams system. There's no way Lewis Rooney would be able to be a one-man striker out front of his own. He's, he's not that type of player. Yeah. Tyler Harvey was was the same. I think that's one of the things I noticed about a lot of other youth players. Is they're not very bulky, not very strong. And I think that's where one of the issues has been, because maybe if they could hold their own up front, they would have more of a chance. But there's no way... How can you ask an 18 year old who's just come into the professional game to go into a, a tough league like League mm. One and play up there on his own mm. against some of these rugged old professionals? You know, they're going to get hammered. The first thing they do is they're hammering. Yeah, yeah. Uh, plenty of questions sent in from our listeners. Um, Michael, we've got no surnames on some of them, I'm afraid, but uh, Michael and Jill asking similar questions. Michael said, of the first year pro, uh, of the first years, I presume it means first year pros, uh, who is most likely to break through? And Jill is also asking which of the newest batch of Argyle youngsters could make the step up. Well, let's be honest, um, Derek Adams has moved a certain way this year because he's given three professional contracts where the year before there was only two and he's given three the development contracts so six of last year's intake that were left there was eight left or nine actually but uh, one's been given a six month in extension to his uh, apprenticeship uh, two were let go but six have been given a chance of another year to prove themselves which is far more than they had last year mm-hmm. So yeah, he has moved some way towards it. I think I've mentioned one, Fletcher. Yeah, Fletcher. Bentley, if he's given a chance, um, could make it as well. Yeah, they, there's some good youngsters there. But I think you've got to look at Fletcher as one of the best hopes. But he's got to be given a chance and he's got to be given the right training. Yeah, but well, what about your take on the EFL Checker Trade Trophy then, Sambo? Because obviously a lot of under-23 teams from the Premier League are coming in and, and playing in that. League one, and league, two, league 1 and League 2 clubs are saying well, if they can play their youngsters can we play ours as well I mean that is a perfect scenario surely for our goal to, to play those players of that age bracket you're talking about I think the track and trade trophy is a farce it's a farce it, the money's come in again from the big guns and they're dictating what the smaller clubs do and I think it's a farce I agree with you that perhaps we could play our youngsters but um it's not a youngsters competition it's a, it's a, it's a proper competition and, and it's a farce what they're doing I'm sorry but that's the way I feel about it yeah it's got to be the same rules for, for yeah. a player doesn't it really yeah precisely now if Argo put out a weekend side they can get fined mm. yeah you've got the big boys putting in their reserve sides or they're under they're at 19 to 21 sides different rules for different people yeah Jack you, you've been a fan of the 
competition, perhaps not so much in its current form. Oh, yeah. What's your take on the ruling last week? I love cup games, so I, I enjoy I would love to go back to just knock out cup game. And maybe it's taken something like this to make fans realise that actually with the it. academy clubs or without them. Without them, I would much rather see national league teams come into it than than twenty three teams. Mm-hmm. I think that's a perfect opportunity for those teams that are just on the peripherals. So I think some national league teams are just as good as some of the bottom league two teams. I think that'd be a perfect opportunity. And one thing that I spoke to Chris Harrington about on one of our long away journey drives is one thing that would make it better. I think is if the winners got a place in the third round of the FA Cup. To me, that would make players teams want to play their strongest team because I think you can give money as much as you want but I think a third place a, a, sorry a place in the third round of the FA Cup would be a huge draw and they could get you know Arsenal Liverpool Manchester United I know you aren't a fan of that that idea but that's sort of way I could see it improving without the need of having these Premier League kids Yeah, and it annoys me because I've, I've spoken about this before the Premier League snap up all the young talent from around the country and they've got not enough games for these youngsters to play in well yeah. maybe it's about time we capped how many players they can snap up because why should League Two want to accommodate the Premier League club snapping up our best players? Well, you look at Chelsea, for example. You know they've got more players out on loan than they have in their first team squad. It's you know it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. They're the ones that really. killing English football. It's yeah. not. It's not anything else. It's not foreign players coming in, in my opinion. It's, it's quite interesting. I don't know if you know, but the World Under Twenty World Cups going on at the moment, and they made a point in commentary to say, sorry, it's actually the Under Seventeens I was watching, and they made a, a comment in that saying that England are actually the most successful nation at that level in world football and I think Sambo you made the point really accurately earlier on when you say those players from 17 to 21 are not getting enough men's football and being given a chance in English football that's right that's right I'll tell you what I'm I'm going to a tournament in July which is now called an Northern Super Cup but everybody will know it as the Northern Milk Cup Mm. now that is the biggest national youth tournament in the world and teams from all over I mean all over the world from Australia New Zealand South America, everything, they all come to that tournament. And if you saw the standard of the youngsters, they got under 15, they got under 17, they got under 19, three different tournaments, and you saw the standard of that football, and I've been going, it's been my length year of going. Uh, I'm lucky I would take me as their media officer. And I see other teams beside Arda, and the standard of the youngsters is incredible. The, the talent is there. But there's so much money yeah. around. It's all about results as opposed to giving youth a chance. Precisely. Yeah. But the talent is there, make no mistake, yeah. the talent is there. And that's a good point as well, because if a manager's going to get sacked if they lose five games in a row, why are you going to risk playing the youngsters? Yeah, true. Ten years ago, it's they could have that chance. Um, and, Andy's asking, uh, Exeter managed to sell their best players for millions. Why did Argyle always sell on the cheap? Even Curtis Nelson was allowed to run out of contract and go for a small fee. Most teams would have got nearer £1 million for him and not let his contract run down. I guess it goes back to the days of administration, doesn't it, Sambo? Yeah. Uh, administration meant that we sold off a lot of players cheap with sell-on clauses. Um, we have gained since. You know, we've had money come through from uh, the boy um, Joe Mason, Joe Mason mm-hmm. and the goalkeeper Christian Walton and, and several others. And there will be sell-ons from uh, Curtis Nelson, but what people don't really realise is the Borman really means that Nelson, with a year to go, refused a new contract with Argo. Mm-hmm. He knew full well at the end of that year he'd be a free agent. So if Argo wanted him, they'd offer him a new contract. But he had, he was able to move without any um, penalties, and that's what happened. So he moved to Oxford, and a tribunal had to set his fee 
Now that tribunal set the fee at just over £200,000. Oxford complained it was too much. <laughs> and there are big sell-on clauses, but that was entirely out of Argo's hands. And the other ones that were sold, were sold because of necessity to keep a club running. Mm. People don't realise what the use set up to me kept the club running during administration with the fees that were getting in. But you had stupid fees like 20,000 for Lloyd Jones from Liverpool. You know, absolutely ludicrous. That's the thing, these bigger clubs, they, they're vultures, aren't they? They, yeah. they? they can afford much more than that, but they'll see you struggling, they'll offer you minimum wage and knowing you have to accept them. Yeah, and I think it's set by the FA, isn't it, with this yeah. EPPP ruling, you know, it's uh, right. Well, I get on very well with Rob Ruddock, who's a very well-known chief scout for Southampton. Discovered Gareth Bell and the two Arsenal wingers and several others, you know, he's, he's got a really good record, he's called Mr. Mr. Youth. And uh, I see him over in Ireland every every year, I see him at several Oracle's youth games. And he's taken Jack Stevens. And Jack's a regular. Yeah. You know? And I keep in contact with Jack, right? He phones me regularly when we have a chat and he, he's loving it. But, but he also took Sam Gallagher. This time he's 15 years old when they tempted him away. Argo got £40,000. Peanuts. At the time in the administration it was good. Yeah. But he, he went to Blackburn last year on, on loan and scored 12-13 goals from in the championship. And was a good looked upon as being one of their better players. Mm. So, yeah, it's out of Argo's hands I'm afraid. Uh, the system as it is now is all... Is all built up for the Premiership and the big boys yeah, with the money. Indeed. Uh, you've obviously seen a lot of players coming through the ranks at Argyle and, and some make it to the first team, some don't. Dylan's asking, how does it feel to see players like Tyler Harvey and River Allen fall through the net? Sickening. Because I know him personally. I can go back a long way with youngsters. I was covering the youth when Kevin Hodges came down to complete his, his apprenticeship after being released by <laughs> Bournemouth. And um, I've seen several youngsters going to be internationals. You know, Dave Phillips, one of them. He was a youngster at Argonne. And even the current Argo coach, Paul Watton, I watched him uh, as a youngster and, and go through. And uh, yeah, um, I feel gutted when they come back in. But again, there's two names there that were, to be quite it was the 18 to 21 year old. Syndrome, mm. where they didn't get enough games. There was months when they didn't play football; they were just training. Yeah. Then you can't stick them into a League One environment and expect them to perform just like that. Mm. You can. And as a fan, Jack, you know fans love nothing more than seeing some of their own coming through and, and making it in the first team, do they? And again, again, it goes back to something I said earlier. I think John Sheridan wasn't a fan, from my view, he wasn't a fan of youth players. I remember Isaac Fussell coming into the first team, and I can promise you, I'm not just saying this on hindsight. He looked exciting. He has a fast tricky winger he played a few games and just disappeared and we never saw him again went to Truro and now he's scoring goals of fun at Luton you can name player after player after player and never got the chance to show him and that was when our goal was struggling they weren't getting results as I said before when a team's getting results you can understand why a manager won't pick them um, so I don't blame the likes of Ben Parrington now of going to Rotherham because he's seen his friends you know, Tyler Harvey River and fall through the net and thinking that could happen to me like that so I, I don't blame the players wanting to move on I think a few fans were questioning why you moved to Rotherham, but if the money's there and you've got a chance to play at a decent level and they can compete in the League One next year. When you've had your best friends drop into the National League, now working as builders, now working as plumbers, as well as playing a low level of football, mm. 
that you can understand why things like that happen. Yeah, that brings us quite nicely on to the next question, actually. Uh, Tim's asking, which Argyle manager was the best and worst at giving you the chance? Jack, you, you, you mentioned Sharon there. Would you say he was the worst at giving I, you the I, chance? I think so, because, as I said, it, the team was struggling. They had they had no one scoring goals, yet Tyler Harvey still wasn't playing. They had no one defending particularly well. They had players you know, going off, and he was bringing in players on loan that weren't the substandard. He would sign players that would end up leaving because they weren't good enough, and the youth never got a look in. Um, obviously, you've probably seen Argyle a lot longer than me. You might have a few I, other... I couldn't argue with anything you said there. I thought John Sheridan was terrible. I hope he hears me say it as well, because I was not a fan of him. I think the worst thing as well, from a fan's point of view, is when you see youngsters from another club coming in that are substandard, and you're thinking, well, you know, you've got the likes of Lewis Rooney and Tyler Harvey. Give, give them the chance instead. Yeah. No, I think I agree with entirely. John Sheridan was terrible. He was terrible with the youth. But we've had others. I tell you what, there's a lot of people go, oh, they raise their eyebrows at this, but Neil Warnock. Neil Warnock was a manager who bought players in and didn't use the UFL. Right, but Neil had success and I've got a lot of time with Neil. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'd have him as a manager any time because he motivates people. But the youth didn't do a lot under him, you know. But uh, he wasn't the worst by far. And I think you've hit the nail on the head. He was the worst. And yeah, we have some good youngsters there then. Some very good youngsters. And you see them now performing, like I said, Isaac Purcell, and you just think... Yeah, it's a shame because they never have to explain managers can just go off to another club they never have to give their reasons to why they never gave these people a chance what about the best then? Logie was good at bringing them in I think Logie was very good at bringing them in um, it's never been a great one for use them overall um, we've, on the Logie we did have a team once that had eight local players in it to take the field it's incredible to look at now isn't it? yeah so I think, yeah, I think Lovey was good. Yeah. He'd, he'd been brought up in Scotland where the big ones, there was no money and you had to use you for a lot. Youngsters a lot. And um, it often surprised me that Argo signed so many players and don't rely so much on the youth when they were in a situation where they never had any money. You know, they were, they're never going to compete until they get that ground done and get the... Um, grandson done. done. Uh, they're never going to compete with the people with the money. They're lucky that they've got someone out coming now Who's, who's brought some money into the club, you know, and the guy loves Argyle, and uh, all credit to him. I've got a lot of time for them, I've got 20 years matches. Indeed. So there's one more thing I wanted to bring up as well, <coughs> is the coaches are, are there to coach, and I feel sometimes when John Sheridan brings players in, well, can't, can't you coach the young players to become better players? That's what they're there for. You're bringing in other people's players that you've not coached. They're not good enough, you're sending them back. In what, in what world do you define yourself as a coach if you're bringing people in? And I think that's that's the thing. A, a good manager to bring players needs to be able to have a coaching set that can coach them. Yeah. Mike Smith uh, is has got a question here for Sambo. Can you answer why at grassroots football we never see Argyle scouts at any DJM games? That's where the talent lies for the future. My son is a goalkeeper in the top division of under thirteen football this coming season, and we as a club have never seen a scout at any of our games. It seems if you don't play for Marine Academy, they don't want to know. Well, Mike, I think you're totally wrong there, to be quite honest, because the scouts are told to be anonymous. Don't announce yourself, because you don't want the players knowing you're there, because it affects their game. You want to see them in a natural state. So they're told to be anonymous. I can assure you there are scouts at DJM games. No, there's too many. It's the biggest youth league in the country, I believe. But they are there. 
and it's not just Matt or teams like that they're at all of them if they get I guess they work on a tip off don't they if yeah. they get told well, just to say if you contact Argo and say look we've got a man of the year who's good someone will come along and watch mm-hmm. they, they just won't tell you that. when they won't tell you when or where because it's not fair on the lads mm-hmm. you get a youngster of 13 playing football and somebody says oh, who's here watching you they'll try and do too much try and do too much or fall to pieces yeah you've got to let them go in their natural state let them play their natural game without any extra pressure and that's when you pick up the good ones yeah indeed um, let's talk first team then um, looking ahead to next season Sambo in League One Toby's asking do you think Argo will re-sign any players e.g. Greg Wilde or Craig Noon two players there do you, can you see either, either of those coming back to Home Park next year well I'd ask the question would Greg Wilde be better than what we've already got or what we've let go um, yeah he had pace and he was a good player but we've gone up in the league now and he was with, he was in that league last year and how many appearances he get five I think it was so yeah I don't really, really enhance what we've got already Craig Noon he's had several years now on championship wages I think the average championship wage is about eight grand to ten grand a week will Argo be able to pay that and would the manager pay it no he won't he's got a pay structure out there and he won't pay that money to one player and destroy his pay structure yeah Jack, can you see either of those two coming back? Well, Greg Wilde said he was open to coming back if Declan's yeah. got in contact. He did say, Adam didn't get in contact, he didn't even get in contact with him in January after last November admitting that he would be interested in re-signing uh, Greg. Greg said there was no contact in January either. Uh, I think he would be an alright squad player. As Sam said, he's got a lot of pace. And if you can just sort out his, his crossing and his finishing product, I think you've got a decent player there. Because um, quite often he would run and then lose the ball. Um, he would be a decent player. I don't necessarily buy into the argument that if you've played at a, a level and you don't do well for one team, you're necessarily a bad. I mean, look at Jake Jervis. He played for Pompey and has never scored like what he's done mm-hmm. under Adams. I think if you play the right team with the right manager, you can, they can get the best out of you. But Sonny Bradley's another example. Exactly. Graham Perry is example playing for a manager and yes, exactly. get the best out of him. Yeah. And with Argo <coughs> lacking wingers, they have for them under Adams, I think, in total. I think. Greg Wilde would be a good squad player, not necessarily a first teamer, but I don't think even some of the players that have been kept on are necessarily going to be first teams next year. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. I think he's kept them because he's got to, because he's got to keep them numbers. And um, he's, I think he's signed about 10, maybe even more, which he needs. He needs to get that squad up to 22, 23, 24, mm-hmm. and that's including the youngsters young yeah. he's got. So, yeah, he's going to be signing 10 to 12. Um, I think Greg Wilde's situation depends on who he signs. Yeah, definitely. So finally then, Sambo, you mentioned the, the, the three first-year pros next season. Do you see them playing much next year, being given much of an opportunity? Again, uh, an old piece of string is who he signs and how the team gets on. If he makes good signings and his team starts, uh, comes out of the blocks at a rate of knots, then um, he won't be using the youngsters. Because Derek's that sort of player, uh, manager, he he won't change a winning side. No. Yeah, but if they don't have a good start, well, who knows? They could come in and have a chance. They've got to try and be ready, haven't they, when their chance they, comes? Precisely. Yeah. Now you've hit the nail on the head. The lads have got to get get it into their head that we got to be ready if the chance arrives. Because last year the chance arose because of injuries. 
and they've got to be ready for it but they weren't ready for it Aaron Bentley I remember had, had a chance to play and got sent off with a bad tackle and that was yeah, just all of it so yeah. you've, got yeah. to take, you've got to take your opportunity which is a lot of pressure I don't, I don't know do I have anyone to help them deal with that side of things I mean it's, it's, it must be quite hard when you come this, to a team. this is the problem which I said about the, the 18 to 21 syndrome there's not a um, a coaching structure there for them they go straight into the first team get the same coaching as the first team I'm, I'm a great believer that they need something extra to help them adjust mm. to the move up in level. And as they get older, education is the same. How many people don't improve their education until they get to a certain age? Mm. So, so do you think that's a mental thing or a physical thing then? Um, I don't think it's physical. I think um, they, they're on full-time training for two years before they go up to the first team. They should be fit. All right, the body is still improving and they will get fitter and stronger. I think it's more a mental thing. I think it's more a mental thing, definitely. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, that's all we've got time for this week. A huge thank you to Jack and especially Sambo for popping in and joining us for the show. Nice to see you, Sambo. Oh, nice to see you all. And a thank you to you out there for tuning in. We'll be back again same time next week, so we hope you can join us then. Bye-bye for now. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at Herald PAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.